This is Dr. Jimmy Nichols, equine nutritionist. On this podcast, we will explore unique cases, debunk popular myths, and break down advanced research data. Join me for a little fun, a lot of science, and some real-world advice for feeding horses. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Jimmy. Thanks for tuning in this week. This week happens to be the week of the BBR World Finals, so the Better Barrel Races World Finals um, that is going on in Oklahoma City. So this is the second week of August 2020, and um, our team is gearing up right now to move into that show uh, and be there basically Wednesday through Sunday of this week. And um, I just got noticed this morning that we have over 350 horses um, (laughs) that people are wanting uh, nutrition and wellness consults for, and we are doing three different seminars, and we have anywhere from 150 to 200 RSVPs for those seminars. So what an absolutely overwhelming response. Um, I am super excited to get out there and to meet all of you guys and um, to just kind of get our hands dirty and talk horses and and get our hands on horses and be able to work with you guys and and really dig down deep into what you're doing with your nutrition programs and uh, visit you with you about your concerns for your horses and um, see if we can't come up with a program or, or just talk about some topics that might be beneficial. So for those of you who uh, are headed to the, the world finals in Oklahoma city, um, please travel safe. I'm excited to see you guys there. And um, for those of you who won't be coming, um, I'm sure that I will be gaining um, a lot of good ammunition for future podcasts. So it seems like every time I get out in the field and and I get in front of people, it seems like I pick up new thoughts or ideas on things that I can talk about in this podcast. So I really look forward to be able to, you know, bring that stuff back here and share it with you guys when I get back. So today's episode is going to be around hoof health. Um, I'm sure most of you have heard that saying, you know, uh, no foot, no horse or Maybe you've actually dealt with foot problems in your own horses. Um, it certainly is not a fun situation. And, you know, I think a lot of times it can really feel like, um, you know, you're trying all of these different things and it's just like nothing is working. Um, and I, I think a big reason for that is because, you know, there's there's a myriad of components that actually influence the health of your horse's feet. And there is no such thing as just one magic cure-all. So um, I am first going to play a listener question who submitted through the voice messages um, through the podcast. And after that, I will get to answering her question. Hey, Jamie, this is Lindsay Hayes Kofel. Um, I've just found your podcast and I love it. Thank you so much for offering this. Uh, I have a question for you. I am a coach and my husband is a horse trainer and We have a lot of clients who are coming in right now with, we've had a real drought here this year. It's been a really dry summer and I'm wondering whether you can shed some light on the best supplements or feed additives for cracking hooves. So we have a lot of really, really dry hooves and cracking and we are um, just trying to come up with the best possible advice for our clients and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks so much. 
All right, Lindsay, I want to say thank you for submitting that question. I really appreciate that. And again, if any of you guys have questions and you would like to submit them through the Voice Messages app, I absolutely love getting those. Um, and I love being able to incorporate them as part of the podcast episode. So, um, you know, to, to, to start answering her question, you know, one great thing that you can do from a supplement standpoint for really dry cracking hooves is to add some extra fat into the diet. Okay. So fat can actually, uh, create a barrier, which may help prevent bacteria and fungi and things like that from actually entering the hoof horn. Um, and then the other thing it, it can do is it, it can actually help provide a little bit of extra, um, moisture to that hoof wall, and it can help increase the pliability of the hoof itself. So I especially like to use the fat supplement called Fish Oil Factor, um, and that's made by Stride Animal Health. I really like that one because it's very high in omega-3 fatty acids. In fact, um, so that particular supplement is a 30% fat supplement, and it contains 20% omega-3 fatty acids. So it actually has an omega-6 to 3 ratio of 1 to 2 which means that there are twice as many of the beneficial anti-inflammatory omega-3s as there are of those omega-6s. So um, that is a, a really good ratio. Um, it's a really good high-quality fat supplement. Um, and I just have seen it work time and time and time again on horses that tend to have just a little bit drier, a little bit uh, more brittle type of hooves. But um, it's not really that simple. Okay. So, um, there are actually a, a lot of, uh, different nutrients that go into creating a good quality hoof and, you know, not all nutrients are created equal. Um, and some of them are much more effective at improving hoof quality than others. So, you know, things like, um, the ones that I typically look for, um, in a hoof supplement are biotin, copper, zinc, lysine and methionine. So those, um, in my opinion, are some of the most influential when it comes to actually supporting the quality of the hoof growth that you get. Okay. So I'll, um, I'll break each one of those down and just kind of talk briefly about them and, you know, why they are beneficial for that foot. But before I do that, I want to make sure that everyone understands that hoof grows slow. Okay. So don't expect to go out and purchase a supplement or two and start feeding your horse and, you know, expect that foot to look different in two weeks or three weeks. Um, it actually takes a horse between 12 to 15 months to grow their hoof completely out. So from the coronary band all the way out, um, you know, you better plan on at least a full year uh, if you're going to try to to improve that hoof quality. Okay, so you know, there's not a ton that you can do for the already existing foot itself that, you know, the, the growth that has already happened, you know, you can help it some, but the majority of it just is what it is. So what we really have to focus on when we're trying to uh, correct or, or improve a horse's foot is, you know, particularly with the hoof wall and not the internal structures of the foot, but with the hoof wall itself, if you're just caring about, you know, the quality of that hoof wall, uh, we really have to um, focus on rebuilding it through the new growth. So this isn't something you can change overnight. You need to make sure that you understand you're in it for the long haul and you need to choose a program 
um, that is the best program that you can do for your horse, and then you need to stick to it, okay? So one of the worst things that you can do is start a program and then come off of it and then go back and then come off and then go back. So by restricting nutrients and then bringing them back and then restricting and bringing back, that's where you can actually start to develop some of those rings um, in the hoof as it grows out. So the best thing is to get them on a good quality program and then keep them on that program um, so that they can completely regenerate that hoof. So let's start with biotin. Um, you know, I think that's one that is probably maybe the most common uh, vitamin that's brought up when it comes to talking about hoof health or people that are looking for hoof supplements or ways to improve their horse's feet. And you know, the, the reason for that is, is there's actually research behind biotin. Uh, researchers have found that when you add mega doses of biotin to the diet, uh, you can improve hoof quality. Okay. So this can be accomplished through the addition of a supplement. Uh, it can be done through your feed, or it can be a combination of both. And the reason I say a combination of both is, you know, a lot of high quality feeds, um, may have biotin guaranteed as part of it, um, but most of them are typically gonna be providing between two to 10 milligrams of biotin daily. And the research actually shows that um, if you increase that rate up to you know between 15 to 25 milligrams, um, that that's the rate where you can really see some significant improvements in that hoof quality. So if you're feeding a feed and let's say that feed is giving you, you know, six milligrams per day of biotin, um, you're going to provide, you're going to get some benefit out of that. But if you could come back with a, a supplement on top of that and kind of crank that up to at least 20, 25 milligrams, um, you're going to see a, a lot better improvement out of that hoof quality. And then in fact, um, some some further clinical studies have actually found that if you feed 100 milligrams of biotin per day to a horse, um, you get even more impressive results when it comes to improving that hoof quality. So this is one of those vitamins where I say, you know, it, th this situation, you know, more more really might be better. Okay, you know, so a lot of times I say more isn't always better. Uh, with biotin, it, it actually appears that that is the case. You do get a dose-dependent response, so the, the more you dose, the better uh, response you can actually get. The next two that I want to talk about just briefly are uh, copper and zinc. So those are two trace minerals that play a very pivotal role in, in hoof quality, and I think that they're often overlooked. Um, so hoof horn actually contains some of the highest concentrations of zinc within the body, okay? And so providing a quality form of zinc in the proper amount can actually have a pretty direct impact on that hoof health. Um, in fact, research suggests um, that some specific organic forms of copper and zinc, so uh, specifically uh, the ones called copper lysine complex, as well as zinc methionine complex. Okay, so if you're looking on your, your supplement label or your feed tag, go look under the ingredients list. Okay, so not, not under the guaranteed analysis because that's just gonna say copper or zinc, but you actually wanna look under the ingredients and you wanna look for the words copper lysine complex and zinc methionine complex. Okay, so those two particular forms have been pretty well researched. And um, the, the studies show that they can significantly improve, you know, hoof quality along with sole depth, okay? So I think that 
Another thing too to keep in mind is is not a lot of people realize that copper and zinc actually use um, the same vehicle or the same um, absorption channel, okay, within the body. So basically, they compete with one another to get into the body. So if you have too much zinc in the diet, that in itself will actually reduce the amount of copper that can be absorbed because that zinc is out competing the copper for that absorption site. Okay. So, you know, sometimes I, I've, I've run into um, multiple situations actually where someone was feeding, you know, a, a well-rounded diet balancer type of a supplement or was on a fully fortified commercial feed and it was providing the appropriate amounts of copper and zinc. And then they were going and adding an additional supplement on top that was putting a whole bunch more zinc into the diet. Well, they didn't realize that by adding more zinc, they were actually essentially creating a copper deficiency for their horse because by, by adding all of that zinc, they were throwing those ratios out of balance. Okay. So when I say the ratios, what I mean there is, um, so the National Research Council um, actually requires or recommends that um, for every four parts of zinc that are in the diet, you want one part copper, okay? So it's a four to one ratio. And if you have that four to one ratio in horses, so four parts zinc to one part copper, um, that's going to ensure that you get that proper absorption of both minerals. Okay, so it's not just, you know, first of all, you have to make sure you're getting the right minimum amount of copper and zinc into the diet. But then on top of that, you need to make sure that you are keeping those two minerals uh, within the appropriate ratios to one another. So again, that's one really good reason to rely on a company that has already done all of that work and done all of that math for you so that you don't have to sit there and try to convert parts per million to milligrams per pound and figure out, you know, what your horse's requirement is and then compare that to what you're feeding them. And I mean, it's, it's a lot of math and it's a lot of work. So, um, you know, reputable supplement companies, reputable feed manufacturers have done the, the hard work for you. Um, then the, the next thing I want to talk about is lysine and methionine. Okay. So those are two essential amino acids. And, um, when I say essential amino acids, basically what that means is they are amino acids that are required in the diet because the horse doesn't have the ability to make them on its own. Okay. So lysine and methionine are two major building blocks of proteins. And proteins basically link together in order to form, you know, the, the structural components of the foot. Okay. So proteins, uh, proteins link together to create basically everything within your body from, you know, hormones to, to cells, to, you know, eye membranes. I mean, the proteins. Now I'm not talking about crude protein, like you might see on a feed tag. I'm talking about proteins. Okay. So proteins are basically long chains of amino acids. So methionine is, um, is a unique amino acid because it is actually needed to produce another amino acid called cysteine. And cysteine is a major component in keratin. Okay, so the hoof wall is actually made up primarily, or, or a very large portion of it, I think it's somewhere around 25% maybe, of the hoof wall is actually made up of keratin. And um, keratin is just a protein that's found in, you know, 
your in hair, in horn, and in nails. Okay, so the horse's hoof. Um, now the body can't make its own lysine or methionine. So again, you you have to make sure that you're consuming this or providing this um, in the diet for your horse to consume on a daily basis. Now, if you want to feed um, a supplement that contains all of those things that I just mentioned, so biotin, copper, zinc, lysine, methionine, um, there are two options, both from Stride Animal Health. So you can choose either 101 Diet Balancer, which is a pelleted supplement that contains all of those things, or you can opt for Nutramix Plus. Now, the difference with Nutramix Plus is it actually has that extremely elevated uh, level of biotin, so the 100 milligrams per day of biotin in it. Um, and then it also is a powder form if you prefer a powder. So just wanted to make sure everybody was aware of those, and I will drop links to those in the show notes. So once you have, um, once you make sure that you are providing those, you know, nutritional components um, in the correct amounts, in the correct ratios, then the next thing that you want to consider is um, adequate blood supply, okay? The ability to, to get those nutrients into the foot. So, you know, adequate blood supply is critical for normal hoof growth and for hoof quality. The blood is basically responsible for carrying, you know, vital nutrients into the structural components within that foot. So that's everything from the bones to the joints to tendons to the lamina, the sole, the hoof wall, okay? And there are actually certain disease processes that can um, influence or alter that blood flow to the foot, okay? So since the hoof wall is you know, I mean, think about the hoof wall. It's it's rigid. It's solid. Um, there's not a lot of flexibility to it. Okay, it it kind of it lacks the ability um, to expand a large amount. Right? There's just not a lot of it expands some, but there's not a lot of room for movement there. Okay. So if if a horse suffers from some kind of trauma to the foot, or if a disease process causes some kind of swelling within the foot. All right, that swelling is going to compete for room within that hoof capsule. All right, there's just there's not a lot of room for that hoof to expand to account for a lot of swelling. Right? I mean, think about if a horse, you know, does something to to a tendon, and and think about how big a leg can swell up. You know, if there's trauma or damage to it. I mean, there's there's a lot of swelling that can occur. Well, if there's swelling that's occurring in the horse's foot, I mean, there's just not a lot of room to accommodate that right? So what happens then is that swelling actually competes for room and the what loses out is the blood flow, okay? So when there's a lot of swelling going in there, it restricts the ability for blood to get into the foot and, and restricts that circulation, okay? So the moment that blood flow is restricted to the foot, um, that that's a very serious issue, okay? Because uh, tissue and bone will begin to die when when it does not have adequate blood flow um, those the, the tissue and the bone just start to die which is which is a terrible thing so if you are ever in a situation where you know you suspect that your horse is losing blood flow to their foot so you know if they are getting extremely lame if they have had trauma to their foot if they are um, dealing with an episode of laminitis or founder I mean this is this is an absolute emergency you need to get uh, in contact with your veterinarian and you need to um, get this addressed okay 
So a lot of times um, there are many veterinarians who will actually prescribe um, certain supplements that contain uh, nitric oxide technology. So the the one that I'm most familiar with and, and typically work with the most is called Surge. And um, Surge basically is designed, you know, that nitric oxide technology is designed to support, you know, normal blood flow and help improve that circulation um, in horses that are dealing with um, things like laminitis, founder, Cushing's insulin resistance. Okay. Um, so if you have a horse that has any of those um, types of, of conditions, you want to make sure that, um, you know, so you may want to use the nitric oxide technology supplements, you know, work with your vet on that. Um, but then also you need to make sure that, you know, you're using that in conjunction with any other medications that your veterinarian may prescribe. And then from a dietary standpoint, you need to make sure that those horses are on a diet that is low in starch, low in sugar. So typically less than 12% non-structural carbohydrates. Okay. Um, NSC or non-structural carbohydrates, um, is simply you get that number by adding the starch and the sugar. So percent starch plus percent sugar gives you the total NSC. Um, and I cover NSC in pretty fair detail in a previous episode. Um, I believe it is episode 22 where I talk about non-structural carbohydrates. So, um, so again, for those horses, you need to make sure you have a low starch, low sugar diet, so low non-structural carbs. And then you also need to make sure that you restrict access to green grass for those horses. Um, green grass can actually be very dangerous for a horse that is dealing with uh, laminitis or founder issues. So moving on then from the nutrients, the nutrient supply, the blood flow, um, you know, the next thing that you need to consider is the environment that your horse lives in. Okay. So cold weather temperatures are, are notorious for slowing hoof growth. That's something that we know. But I, I think that something that a lot of people don't realize is um, researchers have actually found that high body temperatures, okay, so heat stress in horses can actually have the same result. You know, that horse being under heat stress can actually also slow their hoof growth. So, you know, I think the, the times in which you see the, the quickest um, hoof growth in horses is generally going to be in the spring and the fall. If you are in um, maybe a more northern climate where the winters are super, super cold, but the summers are, you know, kind of mild or not, not crazy hot, um, you might see elevated or, or improved hoof growth all the way through the summer. Now, if you live in the more southern regions and your summers get incredibly hot, um, your horses may be spending a month or two or three months in there where they could be dealing with some um, higher levels of heat stress. And so the summer months could actually be the slower hoof growing months for those horses in the south, whereas then maybe in the fall, winter, and spring, those horses might actually have more improved hoof growth. So again, the environment that your horse lives in is going to have a pretty direct result on the type of hoof, uh, the rate of hoof, hoof growth that you get. Um, another thing to consider is uh, water, okay? So water is actually one of the biggest enemies of the foot. Um, horses that stand in mud or water for long periods of time are just going to be more likely to develop um, different things. So, you know, thrush, abscesses, um, those horses are going to be more likely to have thin or sensitive soles. Um, they're going to be more tender footed. They might have more, um, flaky hooves and, and they might be more susceptible to getting uh, flaring also of the hoof wall. Okay. Now, 
Another thing that I think people forget too is um, bathing a horse. Okay. So there are a lot of horses out there that get worked really hard every day and they go to the wash rack after and they get this awesome long bath. Well, if those horses are, are standing in water and getting their feet exposed to water on a daily basis, um, especially if those baths happen to be long, um, that could also contribute to some of those conditions if that horse already is dealing with somewhat of some poor hoof quality. So you know, another thing that can happen too is when you've got a horse that has um, been standing in or has been in a very wet environment and then let's say the rain just shuts off and it dries up and you just move into this complete drought condition. Okay, so that hoof had basically been in a, in a point where it was very expanded and now all of a sudden when it's become very dry, it's like it kind of contracts back in and it can get very hard and it can get very brittle. Okay. So if you're in a very dry environment and um, those horses feet are not ever being exposed to water, um, water could actually be a little bit more helpful uh, to try to help get those um, hooves to be just a touch more supple. Um, but again, that's where you could incorporate those fat supplements to try to get that moisture um, coming more from the inside versus the outside. And then I know there are a ton of topical um, ointments and applications that you can use. And I am not even going to pretend to be an expert on any of that. Um, I honestly don't have a lot of experience using them myself. So I don't um, necessarily have any that I can personally recommend, but I know there's a lot of them out there. And I'm sure that if you guys hop on some uh, online forums or some Facebook groups or something, you can probably just get a plethora of recommendations as far as topicals that you can use to help kind of um, solidify or, or create that moisture barrier for those horses that are um, being housed in environments that have a lot of wetness. Now, another thing that is really important too, and again, I feel like it's oftentimes overlooked, is you know timely trimming and timely um, maintenance, shoeing, and then maintaining proper angles, okay? I think this is one of the biggest responsibilities that you and your farrier have for ensuring um, proper hoof mechanics, okay? So allowing too much time to pass between trimming or shoeing will actually create the perfect storm for a number of different ailments within the foot. Okay. So, you know, things like long toes, underrun heels, um, causing a negative plantar angle in your horse. Okay. These can all cause a lot of undue stress on, you know, tendons and ligaments. And, you know, if, if you allow that horse to grow excessive toe or, um, to, to create, to get flares on their feet, you know, those things can compromise the hoof wall and it can actually create a lot of pressure, um, and pulling from the hoof wall to the sensitive lamina within the feet. And then also it can create um, chips and it can create mechanical cracks. So, you know, if you've got a horse that's getting cracks, like vertical cracks that start from the ground and the crack is going up, a lot of times that is a result of allowing that horse's toes to be too long um, for extended periods of time, not, not having a frequent enough um, trimming interval, or just simply not taking enough toe off of the foot at all. So again, I'm not going to pretend to be any kind of an expert in podiatry. Uh, there are plenty of awesome experts out there. In fact, I've got one uh, particular one in my hip pocket that I'm really excited to hopefully get on a future episode here. So um, definitely stay tuned for that.
But the last piece, I guess, um, when you're when we're addressing hoof health, I just want to make sure that everyone considers is the genetic component. So, you know, nutrition and management play a huge role in hoof quality, but they can only maximize a horse's genetic potential. Okay, so let me say that again. They that nutrition and management play a really big role in hoof quality but they're only going to maximize whatever that horse's genetic potential is, okay? So hoof quality or lack of, okay, can both be passed down from generation to generation. So this is why, you know, if you have a barn full of horses and they're all on the exact same diet and they're on the exact same trimming schedule, they have the same management protocols, right? You're doing everything you can and you're essentially doing everything the same for these horses. That's why you can still have from one horse to the next such a, a major variation in their foot quality. Okay. So it's, there's certainly a very strong genetic component to that. And so if you have a horse that just is, is, has not been genetically blessed with good feet, um, you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper into this toolbox and, and maybe use more of these things, um, versus someone who maybe has a horse that has really good quality feet, maybe just proper shoeing, proper mechanics is all they need. Um, whereas someone that is dealing with a horse that doesn't have as good a feet, maybe is thin sold or, you know, the, the, the wall is flaky, whatever, um, that person's going to have to use proper shoeing and mechanics, proper intervals before between trimming, but then they're also probably going to have to dig into that toolbox of supplements and fortified feeds. So, you know, if you suspect that maybe your horse might be in need of, you know, a specialized nutrition program to address hoof health specifically, um, or if you just want a nutrition consult to review your horse's current diet, uh, remember that Blue Bonnet Feeds offers free virtual nutrition consults. Just go to their website and click on um, the resources tab and it should say nutrition consults and you can just fill out a form there to get started and um, that will we'll get you in touch with one of the consultants that can certainly help go through your program. So I think that brings us to a close for today. Um, again, I just want to thank you guys all for tuning in. Thank you for everyone who has left reviews, has given, have, I mean, we have gotten so many five-star ratings. It's really exciting to see that. So I appreciate those of you who have actually taken the time to do that. It really uh, means a lot to me personally. So um, if you haven't given us a rating or a review yet, I would absolutely love for you guys to do that. And um, in the meantime, if you have questions, please either shoot us a message um, through the voice message app on the on your podcast app, or you can shoot us an email at info at acbluebonnet.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Feed Room Chemist. If you like what you hear, be sure to share with your friends, post to social media, or give us a review. And as Winston Churchill used to say, no hour of life is wasted that is spent in the saddle. So go saddle up.